Welcome to Crazy Enough to Win. I'm your host, John Grubbs. Welcome to the podcast. So today we're going to talk about firing the entire leadership team. Yes, we're going to talk about should you fire, dehire, let go, free up the future of your entire leadership team. And you have to ask yourself a very important question. At what point does it make sense to fire your entire leadership team and start over? And I know, I know this sounds harder than woodpecker lips, but stay with me for a moment. Can a team become so toxic that it is beyond repair? I mean, when should a business owner or CEO take such drastic action? Is there value in starting over with an organization? <sighs> Hard questions. Hard questions. You know, there was a great book out there called The Hard Thing About Hard Things. And some things in life are just hard. They're just difficult. They're just challenging. They are what they are. But folks, I rarely live in a world of always or never. I mean, it's rare that something is always a certain way or never a certain way. There are things that are axiomatic. I mean, a self-evident truth. And there are situations when starting over may be the best course of action. You may need to clean the slate and reimagine the organization. I mean, status quo bias is powerful in any business enterprise. And you might say, John, what is status quo bias? What is this bias you're referring to as status quo? Well, listen to this. Status quo bias refers to the phenomenon of preferring that one's environment and situation remain as they already are. And the phenomenon is most impactful in the realm of decision-making. When we make decisions, we tend to prefer the more familiar choice over the less familiar, but potentially more beneficial options are the better choice. In other words, we choose the familiar over the less familiar and the less familiar may be more beneficial, but we don't select that option. And if you agree that this status quo bias exists, then you know, you know how difficult it is to create a significant change in any organization. I mean, the same people behaving differently is a substantial challenge for most leaders. And here's an, a simple truth for you. We either change the people or we change the people. In other words, if the people don't change, we have to change the people. And I don't want you to listen to this podcast and say, John is saying, go fire your entire team. I'm not endorsing this strategy at all. I'm only examining a situation that might be the best course of action. I mean, cleaning the slate 
is a rare strategy that gets avoided when necessary. And I would likely agree that cleaning the slate should be a rare strategy because the leader themselves is likely the cause for the need to change if they own the business or have led the team for more than a short duration. In other words, it is easier, dare say much easier to change one person yourself than it is to change the methods, the ideas, and the execution of an entire team. A short-term drastic change can be a strategy you consider for the good of the organization. I mean, if the toxicity is beyond repair, it should get removed for the good of the organization. So you selected this podcast and you're reading this and believe you need to fire everyone and start over. We first need to define who everyone is before we get the proverbial chainsaw out of the shed. So let's, let's make up a fictitious company here. Let's give you an example. You own a small company with five managers and 50 employees. And we need to avoid this temporary labor market condition created by the pandemic. Let's take it out of the equation for a moment. We need to imagine some sense of normalcy for a moment. We're talking about removing the five managers and starting over by hiring five new managers. And there are pros and cons to this strategy right now, including a tight labor market. It's not easy to find new managers. So when I'm coaching executives, I said, we need to approach this rationally and not emotionally. And here's some things I want you to consider before you make such a drastic decision. First, you must realize that you are the problem. And it would help if you take ownership of the current reality. Because if you hired or you kept these five managers, change must start with you. If not, if you don't start with yourself, if you don't start by changing yourself, the pattern will likely repeat itself over time. If you do not commit to change as a leader, this strategy will not be successful. It will backfire and you will be miserable. Also, if you have no time for incremental change and drastic change is urgent, I mean, you have to act quickly. Then replacing top people with better people can be a solution you consider. But you have to consider the cost. At what cost will it create for the organization? And I don't mean in just literal dollars. I mean, who will fill their seats until better candidates are found and hired? Will it be you? Can you do all five roles? Can the business afford to be without these managers collectively and individually 
over time. If not, an alternate strategy should be considered. Think of it this way. You may still need to field a team. And within the five managers, there is likely a hierarchy of toxicity. Meaning, who is the most toxic or incompetent? And would firing one wrong person give you the needed time to replace the rest of the team? You can do it in descending order. From the most toxic to the least toxic. And hope for possible change in the lower level of toxicity. Meaning that if you fire the top two, maybe, just maybe, the bottom three will get the message. So let's say you've become committed to complete change, but your team will not buy in. They won't buy into the change in direction. And the team, I mean by these five managers. The question you have to ask yourself is how effectively have you sold the new vision to the five managers? Remember, they likely see the current toxic environment as normal, as standard practice. I mean, it is akin to a cluttered home that you accept as usual over time. So how well have you sold them on this need for change, whether it be individual change or collective change? I also want you to consider how will removing the top five managers, how will the remaining 50 employees respond to the action you are considering? How will you explain the move to those who remain behind? It might be a relief to some, but it will be a shock to most. Because fear of the unknown will impact the performance of the team. And you say, why? Well, here's another bias. Humans fear loss at a two-to-one ratio over gain. This is called loss aversion. They fear loss twice as much as they do a potential gain. So by creating change, this much change, they're going to be fearful of loss, fearful of loss of normalcy, fearful of loss of comfort in the future. So you have to consider how are you going to mitigate this fear for the team? Here's another question. How will you maintain the trust of the remaining humans on the team? You fire the top five. How will you work to maintain the trust of those who remain? Will they trust you to have their interests in mind? Because remember, trust is hard earned and easily lost. So you must proactively develop a strategy to build or maintain trust. And loyalty, be careful with loyalty. Loyalty is a fickle thing that should never get someone a seat at the table. Never get someone a seat at the proverbial business table alone. I mean, you can respect loyalty, admire loyalty, appreciate loyalty, but if you don't perform, you do not get a seat at the table. Someone always 
carries the extra burden created by a sub-performer. So you have to think, will you lose loyalty from the people you keep? Or will you instill loyalty in the people you keep? Something else I want you to consider. Change-resistant teams are a creation. Your culture determines the people who remain on a team. Do you have a culture by chance or by design? Have you neglected the culture for so long that the current five managers are a product of your own doing? I know that hits hard. Let me say that again. Have you neglected the culture of your organization for so long that the current five managers that you're thinking about releasing are a product of your own doing? Change-resistant cultures are a creation. But guess what? Innovative teams are also a creation. How have you led innovation and modeled the behavior for change you now seek? How have you done this in the past? Have you led as an innovator? Because if you haven't, if you haven't modeled that behavior, then it's going to be foreign to them. And I also want you to realize that expectations are also an issue. Have you hesitated on expectations or reverted to past practice in the face of problems as a team? I mean, when facing adversity in the past, how did you respond? I mean, lower expectations often yield lower results. If you maintained high expectations for yourself and modeled the proper behavior, your team will respond by either stepping up or failing, stepping up or stepping out. Either way, you had a decision to make. Reward the positive behavior or tolerate the failure. How have you modeled that? I mean, you get what you tolerate and you train what you tolerate. But most of all, you deserve what you tolerate. So maybe, just maybe, firing all five managers is the best course of action. A clean slate does sound wonderful compared to the dirty mess you have now. But remember this, if you are the one making the mess, the problems will only happen again and again. Until you change, nothing else will change. It is possible that modeling the change you seek and being relentless about your expectations are the first steps to a clean slate. Let me say that again. Modeling the change you seek and be relentless about your expectations could be the first steps to a clean slate. In other words, you modeling the behavior you want and being relentless about what you expect could be the best plausible alternative to firing everyone and starting over. People will either step up or step out. And if they do leave, Make it an opportunity to replace them with someone better and stay on your course. The biggest challenge with change in organizations is that leaders vacillate. 
or they do it for a while and revert back to old habits. As the leader, you must stay on course. You must hold the new behavior as constant in the future. You must be the change you seek in your business. If the five managers cannot keep up with you, it's time to leave them behind with some crackers and some water and a kind word because it is time for you and the rest of the organization to move the hell on and not look back. You have to think of it like this. You and the business are going somewhere important. You cannot carry them any longer. If they do keep pace with you, they become stronger and more capable. Here's another hard truth. Business is unforgiving. And your competition is always on the hunt. They want what you have. The only way for you to survive the market is to change. If you remain the same, the organization dies a natural death like many other businesses in the past. I mean, Peter Drucker shared something years before his death. He said, now, in the, this was in the 2000s, in the contemporary age of business, businesses are evolving faster than the people inside the businesses. Meaning that if you look at a given period of time, businesses will evolve multiple times while the people evolve in fewer multiples. The only way to survive in the world of business is to change, to adapt, to get better, to get stronger. And it's us as leaders that are the problem most of the time. We don't adapt fast enough. We move too slowly. And then we complain when our people don't seem to embrace new ideas or change. It's on us as leaders. If you're the leader, it's always your fault. Can you say that? It's always my fault. I'm the leader of my small company. It is always my fault. If things go bad, it is always my fault. I hired the wrong person. I kept the wrong person. I didn't train the right person. I didn't give the right direction to the people on my team. It's always my fault without any exception because I'm the person with the ability to change. This podcast, if this podcast was valuable for you, I want you to share it with people you care about. You may know someone who's in a very difficult situation as a leader, as a business owner, as a CEO, and they need a little motivation to get them over the difficult decision that they need to make. Share this with people in your social media circles. Maybe we can help them make the change that's necessary for their business to survive, for them to maintain a livelihood, to keep an income. We have to adapt. We have to be crazy enough to do things differently, to step out of our comfort zone into what I call a life of positive discomfort. If we don't, we struggle. 
If you want to get in touch with me, you can go to www.johngrubbs.com. I give away a ton of information. I even give away a copy of one of my leadership books. You can have for free what people pay for on Amazon just by going to my website. It is my gift to you for giving me the most precious gift one person can give another, and that's your time. You can even join my inner circle and connect with me on a very intimate level. I share private information, private content with people who join my tribe. You can even have access to, well, papers and speeches and content that most people pay for just by joining my tribe. This podcast is for people crazy enough to do things differently. This podcast is for people crazy enough to go against the grain, to not follow the crowd. This podcast is for people crazy enough to win. Until next time.